I'm Jennifer Delacuadri, and this is the Raising Happy Teens podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. Before I dig into today's topic, I wanted to share a post that I wrote that I really think ties in with the message of today's podcast. And instead of just ad-libbing the story, I thought it would be great to just share what I wrote. So here it is. I can still picture the magazine cover that sparked my feelings of inadequacy. Though I don't remember which magazine it was exactly, 17, teen, sassy, or YM, but the picture is burned in my head. I stared at the girl on the cover for a long time. Her shiny hair, perfect makeup, perfect smile, and thinness staring back at me saying, you'll never be as beautiful as I am. It made me feel like shit. But instead of throwing the mag in the trash, I tortured myself by subscribing. They had the secret, I thought to myself. Secret to what? Beauty, confidence, style, happiness, This was the beginning of my decades-long struggle with body image. And this is just one picture on the cover of one magazine. Imagine if I had access to millions of pictures just like this one right at my fingertips. What kind of impact might that have made on my already fragile sense of self? This is what teens are facing on a daily basis. The standards are impossibly high and completely unrealistic, which is why it's essential to teach your teenager to embrace body diversity, to praise their personal qualities, not their looks, and most importantly, live by example. Your teen will learn more from your actions than from your words. So that's what I wrote something that just came to me, but it really is a very impactful experience that I had. And today's podcast is all about inadequacy. We all have that feeling deep inside of us, but I'm going to be talking about what it is, how it's formed, and what can be done about it. So let's start. Basically, inadequacy is feeling like you're not good enough. One thing I do with my teen clients is I have them identify their judge. The judge is basically an inner voice that tells us that we aren't good enough. We all have one. And it takes all forms. It can shift depending on the situation. But its overarching message basically is that we aren't good enough. So some of the messages, like sub-messages I like to call them, of the judge are is that we aren't pretty enough. We aren't thin enough. We aren't athletic enough. We aren't smart enough. We aren't strong enough right? We don't have enough money. We don't have enough nice things. We don't have a good fashion sense. We're awkward. And what may seem counterintuitive is that despite this negative message, the judge isn't there just to be mean. It's there to protect us. So really what happened was it was created at a point in our lives when we were made to believe that we weren't good enough. So Let me give an example from one of my clients. I was working with her and she's just really hard on herself. And 
she's just basically striving for perfection in every area of, of her life. So any mistake she would make would basically just mean that she was a failure. And as a result, she had built up this protective wall around herself that was impacting her ability to make and keep friends. She wanted friends more than anything. And she couldn't understand why she was having such a hard time making and keeping them. So I told her about the judge and I asked her, when do you think that this judge may have been created? And it didn't take her long at all. She identified it right away. She told me that when she was younger, she wasn't able to read. So when it was time to read in class, she would just sit there and pretend to read. And then the students would take turns reading aloud and she would just panic. And then I had her identify what was the feeling that she had when these events occurred. And that feeling that she remembers is embarrassment. So in her situation, her judge was created to protect her from feeling embarrassed. And her judge's message was, you're not smart enough. So when we listen to our judge, we lack the confidence to put ourselves out there, to take risks, we play small, we hide ourselves, and it's all in an effort to protect ourselves from feeling that uncomfortable feeling. So once my client, she identified her judge and when it was created, I had her name it. Naming the judge separates the judge's voice from our own. And then I told her to just start noticing when her judge would show up. Just notice. Awareness is really the vital first step in challenging and eventually overcoming the limits the judge is imposing on us. And judges are created basically when we internalize negative comments from other people. Or maybe the comment wasn't even really meant to be negative. It's just the way we perceived it or the way we interpreted it. And really, it can come from anyone friends, teachers, parents, siblings, family members, the media. And while the judge can be created at any time in your life, the ones that really take hold are the ones that are from when you're young and you're still forming your identity. So going back to my example at the beginning, looking at the magazine, nobody said anything to me at that moment. It was me interpreting that I wasn't as perfect and special as this picture of a person on a magazine that was probably photoshopped. But of course, I didn't know that at the time because I was young and I didn't know these things. <laughs> but that was the creation of the judge of I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough, you know, all of those things. And it stuck with me for a long time until I realized that, oh, gosh, wow, this is a thing. Maybe this isn't true. Which is why the sooner you identify your judge, the sooner you can start challenging its message. So here are some signs that your teen may be struggling with inadequacy or is really um, a victim of their judge's message. The first one is anxiety. And particularly in regards to performance. So grades, um, how they look, body image, things like that, anxiety that the out, outer world won't accept them or won't think that they're good enough. Another one is just heightened sensitivity 
to what other people think or what other people say. And also a lot of it is self-criticism. It's the things they say and think about themselves. The next one is just a reluctance to accept or trust the affection from others. And when somebody feels like they're not good enough, they don't believe that anyone who thinks they are good enough is being honest with them. If they like me or they think I'm great, there must be something wrong with them or they may just be faking it. And it's hard for them to trust people. Another sign is low self-worth. People who think that they just aren't worthy of having good things or success or achieving goals. Just, I'm not worthy of, of having good friends or doing well in school. Another one is just a perception of failure. People, this is something I posted and it really resonated with me when I saw it, is that a failure is just an event. People can't be failures. And when somebody identifies as a failure or feels inadequate, nothing they do will ever measure up. It's like they're failing in advance. They know that they're never going to achieve or be as good as someone else. They just feel like they are a failure. Another big sign is fear of rejection. Because when we're rejected, basically what it's doing is it's confirming your judge's message. So if you think you're not good enough and someone rejects you, it's like, oh yeah, see, I knew I wasn't good enough. So people who have low self-esteem or feel inadequate are really fearful of being rejected because it hurts just that much more because they're already feeling down about themselves. Another sign is an inability to accept praise. So if just kind of going back to not trusting the affection of others, when somebody compliments a person who feels like they're not good enough, they don't believe it at all. And it's just uncomfortable for them to, to hear it and to believe it. And so they just say, no, no, haha, no, that's funny. Yeah, you're just lying. Or no, that's not true, right? They basically just turn it away. Another sign is feelings of powerlessness, being a victim. If you don't feel like you're good enough or you feel inadequate, there's, you are a victim to your unworthiness. And then the last one I'm going to share is basically to conform or to succumb to peer pressure. Because to do something different means that you may not fit in. So if your teenager is feeling like they aren't good enough, they're looking for external validation, which can come from their peers. And so if they're not following along with the group, they may be shunned, they may be turned away, they may be like left out and they don't want that. They're striving for and seeking that acceptance. So they'll go along with things that maybe they know is wrong and then maybe they don't even want to do. So here's what you can do. Unfortunately, you can't turn back the hands of time and take out all those experiences that have led to these feelings of inadequacy, but there are some things you and your team can do. The first one is to identify and name your judge. So you can go so far as to create a mental picture of what your judge looks like. I know one of my clients 
was able to really dig in and identify that hair color, the size, the shape, everything about it. Like she had this really great mental picture of her judge. And then also identify what its message is. Then the next step is to become aware of when your judge shows up. So learn to talk back to your judge. Then I tell my clients when they notice their judge coming up and they talk back to their judge to say something like, thank you for trying to protect me, but I've got this. I'm okay. And then the last step, this is, you know, after spending lots of time just with awareness and challenging is to create a new job for your judge. When I work with my clients, I have them get still and quiet so that they can connect with their judge. And I have them thank their judge, have compassion for it. And then I have them tell their judge that they have a new job for them. One that just feels more uplifting and empowering, like a personal cheerleader or a fierce warrior. And the truth is this isn't an overnight thing. It takes work, but the impact is life altering. Once your teenager learns how to do this, they're just going to know how to do it. And they'll be able to do it over and over and over when they're older and new judges are formed, like when they get their first job or when they're in college or when they're in a relationship and they start getting serious with someone, when they're a parent (laughs) down the road, it actually becomes easier over time. And the sooner they start, the better, really. And having support through this process really does magnify the impact. That's where coaching comes in. So if your teenager lacks self-esteem, head to the link in my bio, schedule a free discovery session, and together we'll see if coaching is the right next step for them. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delacuadri, where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.